Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. Answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. A good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome into the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. I am Eric Kane with Rob Lewis, Austin Price, and Brent Hubbs. As always, Exterior Home Solutions making this coverage possible. Uh, great stuff. You can give them a, a call today for a free estimate at 865-524-5888 or online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. Austin Price. Uh, those summer months, they're almost done, but still uh, always a great time to upgrade your home, siding, roofing, decking, whatever the case may be. Plus, these summer storms the last couple of weeks, Exterior Home Solutions can help everybody out here in East Tennessee. Yeah, get that job done timely, uh, cost efficiently, and uh, call uh, Jeff and Dustin and those guys today. Uh, they are always good for a good rib and a good, uh, good commentary and, you know, love their personality. Well, and they won't be late like I was for this podcast, so that's a positive. Those guys are never late, unlike me, right, AP? I never said you were late. That text said you were. The text. I just asked if you were alive. I didn't. I didn't say are you're late. I <laughs> See, just, the beautiful thing about a recorded Hubs, podcast, nobody knows you were late. Hubs, listen, listen, Hubs. When you've had multiple heart surgeries, asking if you're alive is a is a valid question. I, I worry about you on a daily basis. That's terrible. That's what. What's not terrible is exterior home. I wor- what I worry about. Involved. Am I not allowed to worry about seconds. this? I was 60 seconds late. I'm Brent's trying to bring it back, and AP keeps going on. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, we got a lot of questions. We'll go ahead and get started. Nico underscore Suave wants to know, even if Cooper could go against Virginia, don't you play lane at center and work the new guards into developments? Just create some depth at center, left guard spot. Shouldn't need him until Florida anyways, Austin. Uh, I think if Cooper can go, he goes. Um, you know, I think that, you know, in a perfect world, Cooper could go, you build a lead, and then you put Ollie in. Or if he didn't go against Virginia, I think you'd, in a perfect world, you definitely want to have him back to just knock the rust off against Austin P. Like, I don't think you want him going in there having not done anything in a month, um, you know, against Florida. That's just me, though. Well, I agree with you. And, Rob, the other thing, too, you got to take into account is, con- is conditioning. You know, I mean, the pace of play in a game, I know you try to go fast in practice. It is still a little bit different. You, you want Cooper Mays to get that. And uh, here's a newsflash. You know, you, you need you need some left guard continuity with Cooper Mays out there, too. You don't want to go to Florida and really have a left guard playing for the first time beside Cooper Mays at center. So I, I think there's plenty of work to go around for all those guys if you can get there. I, well, and again, and also I've heard in that left guard war, in, uh, realm is – playing multiple people against Virginia, playing multiple people against Austin P, and kind of figuring out where you are at that position. Does Jackson Lampley take it and run with it? Does Addison Nichols finally get more consistent and run with it? Does Andre Keurig run with it? 
Um, you know, I think you want to kind of see what you have because right now I'm not sure what they have, and I don't think they know exactly what they have either. A couple more here from Nico Suave. Rob Lewis, when was the last time you felt this good about the defense going into the season? So that, that's a great question because it makes you think about just how bad they've been on defense if, you know, if, if this is what you feel good about. Because, I mean, I think they're going to be good, but I think we also can – all of us can very easily point to some warts, you know, starting with a secondary. So, I mean, you feel good on the one hand that, you know, they've got some veterans. You, you like the, you know, linebackers of Peely and Beasley. But, you know, the secondary – I counted yesterday, and I think this is right. I, I think they have ten guys on the roster who have started in the defensive backfield. But, I mean, do you, do you feel great about any of those ten guys? And I'm not trying to disparage them. I'm just saying, do you – you know, are any of those guys written in stone as a guy – that's a top-level SEC defensive back right there. I mean, I think you've got some good players, but you haven't got anybody that has shown it consistently. To answer the question, you know, I, I feel pretty good about this defense, better than when. I, I don't when's, – when's the last time you felt good about a Tennessee defense? 1939. <laughs> I, mean, seri- I mean, serious question. I mean, I'm, I'm racking my brain. I mean, they, 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 they were, you know, they were really good against the run last year, but, you know, they weren't a great defense by any means. Kane, do you know what happened in 1939? Is that the year <laughs> that the, the defense one scored on? There you go, baby. There we go. We're making progress. See, I know a thing or two. Last one here. Prediction time, yes or no. A wide receiver currently on roster breaks the decade-plus streak and becomes the first wide receiver since Cordero Patterson to go in the first round of the NFL draft. I think it would have to be, uh, for my liking, It's that means Dante Thornton is – it lives up to the off-season hype, you know, size-speed combination. I think Brew could potentially get to the back of the first round. I don't see Ramel as a first-round guy, but that I think he's super consistent. Maybe Tennessee's pound-for-pound pound best receiver, but that doesn't always equate to getting drafted in the first round. I, I don't see a first-round guy right now because I don't think Dante Thornton's going to have enough of a resume. I think he's going to be labeled a little bit of a one-year, one-hit wonder, one-year wonder a little bit. Uh, which will maybe a little pause for concern. I'm not sure if Brew's going to run well enough. We'll have to see. I will say this, Rob Lewis, if Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman play well as rookies, that might, that might open up the eyes of some NFL people on what the Tennessee receivers look like come draft time this next spring, correct? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, you know, Coach, Coach Heupel's talked about it. Um, you know, they, they've done – just you know, how much did they get knocked for you know it being a, a product of the system? And and you're exactly right. If they go out there and put up big numbers in, in year one, that that would seem to kind of blow that criticism up. And my answer would be no, just because it has been so long. But if if they get one, I think that means Dante Thornton has had a hell of a year. Nashville TN says, "Here comes a question for UAP." As Tennessee got their fair share in this 24 cycle, the summer recruiting season is over. How much are we really catching up to the uh, Bama's, the Georgia's, and the other college football playoff teams? Uh, yeah. I think they got their fair share, you know, between the end of June and the 1st of August. Now, you know, since then, they've kind of went a little bit quiet, um, had some guys come off the board. Um, so in that realm, I would tell you they've not got their fair share since then um, out of that group that's either committed or committing here in the next week or two. Um Still have some targets on the board. Um, you know, we'll see what happens on Monday with Jordan Ross. 
Um, like I said, if you're just basing it off of those four teams, I still kind of like where Tennessee's at. But does somebody come out of left field for for Jordan Ross? You know, does does, does that happen? I mean, again, I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, and then, you know, Chris Cole going to do something September 10th. As Matt put on the board on Wednesday, he has officially locked in his official visit to Tennessee on that Austin P weekend, which means Tennessee's got a real shot. I don't think um, he would be taking that visit and taking the Southern Cal visit if he was locked in with Georgia. I think Georgia's a major player there. In my opinion, they're Tennessee's biggest competition. But, again, I don't think he's taking those two OVs if he has already made up his mind. And then, of course, you've got Cam Michael, who could potentially bump up his OV, uh, you know, and, and not go in, you know, in November, but do it sooner. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Ryan Wingo. And then, of course, you got Danny Okoye, who will visit Tennessee officially for the South Carolina game. So, you know, a lot to be determined with those last five, six guys that we just uh, highlighted. But, uh, you know, again, I think Tennessee needs to hit on a few between now and December for me to feel good about kind of where they are. The, again, right now, what are they rank eighth? I mean, it's a good class, but, uh, you know, to, to take it up a notch, you've got to hit on a couple of these guys. Well, on that note, a lot of those players you just mentioned right there, Newman's got a little over-under set at two and a half. Cole, Wingo, Ross, Williams, Michael, Danny O. Williams Lanary? No, A. Williams. Oh, Amaris Williams. Amaris, yeah. I don't know. I'm not answering it. <laughs> it doesn't. It does me no good to answer these anymore. I, this I, is a this is a hubs Florida situation. Listen, I hate it. I, I don't like it. I don't like the way this is going. Um, it makes my job not as much fun. It makes my interaction with people on the board not as much fun. But it doesn't behoove me to say that. And there's a thread on the board talking about like you know, can't believe we lost all these guys. And then like it's labeled like Jaden Redale. I mean like. You leave for a guy in March or April, like that's not the same thing as getting it across the finish line. I mean, there are schools. I mean, how many schools led for Bennett Warren? He picked Tennessee. I mean, you're going to have that. Like, it's ones that like you felt like you got it across the finish line with the Kai Bates or something like that. That's those ones sting. Um, but like some of those, I mean, you know, again, when area you led way back three, four months ago, not not in the last few months leading into a decision. Well, and, and and all that's relative because you can lead for ninety nine percent of the time, and then it changes on a dime, and it's kind of like I said on the board. I can have it a hundred percent nailed. Like you have no idea the information that I have on a kid, and how it goes down, and then one phone call flips the whole thing, and that makes me a hundred percent wrong. And it is what it is. So like you know, I'm I'm trying to dodge the question. It's just too early for me to give a two and a half over under for those kids. I just it, you know, Maris Williams is the one. Tennessee continues to work, but I mean, uh, to me, that's something you won't know about till later in the fall. Same thing with you know Cam Fountain. Two guys are trying to flip. Yeah, you got to get those guys on campus, and it's different. I mean, that, that's the reality, and that's not a cop out. You know, you're going to cover it as hard as you can cover it, but the reality is, it can be one way. And while you're talking to somebody, they can get a phone call, and they can click back over and say, "Hey." Things have changed. I don't have to talk to you later. And and that's that's crazy to think, but that's the reality of today's world of recruiting that, that you're dealing with. That that Very makes much. it super challenging to lay out the roadmap for everybody because man, there's so many detours on that thing, depending on a text message or a phone call. 
uh, or something like that, that, that can just, you know, change it. And, and the other thing too, is, you know, you look at some things and you say, well, this guy, I mean, they're in it because they're, he's definitely going to visit here and there. Was he visiting somewhere because he's really interested in it? Or is he visiting there to keep leverage for NIL things? Yeah. Is that a possibility? And, and that's certainly a possibility with anybody. And here's your perfect example. Brandon Baker's going to put out the top five. I expect Tennessee to be in that top five. He's not been here. Doesn't have any plans to be here. Now, why are they in the top five? Because Tennessee signed a quarterback last year for a lot of money. And people, you know, ultimately, like, want to use that. You know, hey, man, Tennessee's recruiting my guy, you know. I mean, and you're really going to have to bring it. And it helps leverage, you know, you know their player into getting more NIL money. And it it's – it's kind of the, the way of the world, the the time we're in. And, and uh, you know, again, it makes everybody's job, whether it be football or Rob's job in basketball or whoever covering recruiting, uh, a nightmare, a thrill a minute, and uh, a loss of hair. Well, AP, and I, I know you've seen this, and, and I've seen we've We've all seen it or heard about it. The other thing with that is kids, or maybe probably not kids, but parents or, you know, some somebody in their circle can tell schools any number. You know, here's the number. Here's what you know, school X is offering is this, this number. And you know, Tennessee, you got no idea. You got no way of, of verifying that. You got no way to know if it's true or not. One hundred percent. It's one I mean, big game of chicken, man. Do you, do you, are you Biff and end up in the manure or not? And and that's you know, you're right. One hundred percent right, Rob. Yes, I know oh, where that reference is from too. Uh, Duquesne. I do. Well, Back to the Future, a little trilogy. Oh, your wife made you watch that movie. Oh no, I love I, the Back to the Futures. I, I, I saw it, I saw it when it came out in the theater. Low key, the third one is really good. It's not the best one, but it's really good. Um, Athron's got a couple. Rob, let's start with you. Does a wide receiver break into the rotation this year, other than the big four, and they do it without it being injury related? You know, we've heard a lot of good things this week. I was going to say just the the way that Heifel has thrown out Nimrod and Webb unprompted i mean without being asked you know what about chaz nimrod and caleb webb you know i i don't I, I would say put in the rotation is probably strong i mean i don't think any of us think they're gonna have a six-man rotation but the way he keeps mentioning those two kids you know i, I have to think that they're gonna play i think that's that's big too uh brent because it's always great to have depth and they're developing and all that but you look at what this room could look like next year and you want to obviously you got to keep recruiting your guys and, and keep them here. You know, Caleb Love and Chaz Nimrod need to be on the roster next year. Yeah, and and I think that you're going to see. I, I don't know that you're going to see in a big game, you know, a, a big heavy rotation, right? The, the same way I don't think you're going to see Joe Milton run the same number of times against Virginia as you might see him run against Alabama or or Florida, depending on the game. We saw that with Hooker a year ago. But I have to think that it's at some point in the back of somebody's mind, hey, we, we're in total control of a game, and Cedric Tillman's out there basically putting up some numbers, I guess, in, in a game that was over and you lost him for the year because of injury. So does that change the, the idea of playing those starter, starters as deep into a game that you've got complete control of as you saw with them in the last couple of years. I don't know the answer to that, but if I were a coach, that one would probably not go away from the back of my head anytime soon that, hey, uh, how quick do we need to get somebody out of here in a game where you've got kind of complete control, which gives would give those young guys, Austin, a chance to continue to grow and it would keep them engaged. And I think in roster management world, 
you better keep guys engaged beyond just the practice field. 100%. I mean, like, you know, you could, depending on how you handle those two kids, you know, they could potentially do just enough this year to put some stuff on tape and be so, I won't call them disgruntled, but, you know, unhappy that they're not getting more run that, you know, they go in the portal, even though, you know, a handful of guys in front of them are leaving. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 and you're down five guys and you're scrambling to try to, to you know, put together a receiving core in 2024. And, and that really goes that way in any position. I mean, you have to kind of watch how you handle, you know, certain players um, because ultimately if you say – if you think in your mind, okay, that guy's not really ready to be the guy this year, but next year he should be. You've got to find a way to make sure that they feel engaged this year in some capacity to make sure they're around next year. And if those guys hit, Eric, I know we got to go to the next one. If those guys hit, that changes – might change a little bit of how – damaging it would be if you don't get full receivers in the class and yeah. and then suddenly now maybe you don't have to go as deep into the portal for somebody because you feel better about two guys based on what not on what they did in the practice field but what they did in opportunities given in games which could change that part of the landscape as well i agree completely they're going to look for a receiver in the transfer portal they had the last two off seasons but if you swing and miss or you know whatever but you feel good about nimrod and webb who are still on roster and, and squirrel you absolutely change it changes some things one more here uh, about christian charles has he been passed over at the safety spots um he's been running with the ones a little bit but when we talk safeties we talk turn time mccullough walker we've even thrown t-mac in that conversation of course he's a star hadn't talked a whole lot about charles through camp i think the question is can he stay healthy you know i, I to me that's that's always austin going to be the question with christian charles I mean, you know, he had his opportunity in Missouri and got hurt. Well, not his fault, but he got hurt there. And then he was banged up a good bit on and off last season. You know, I think that the, the challenge for him to be in the conversation is to be on the practice field every day and, and, and to remain healthier than he's been able to remain. I think the guy who's helped himself the most at the safety position this fall camp is Andre Turrentine. Does that mean he's a starter? No, I'm not saying that. But I think he's a guy who was a bit of a forgotten man at the end of last year and in part of spring practice, who has put himself in a situation to earn some trust if called upon this fall, Austin. Yeah, 100%. He, he's focused. Uh, you know, again, it's when you kind of shed some, you know, shed some things off the field that probably are holding you back a little bit and, you know, get a little more focused and roll. We'll go to Sam Smith, twenty-two thirty-three. Rob, more first-team All-SEC players for Tennessee. Is it going to be in football, basketball, or baseball? Wow, that's a great question. The, the postseason, when the seasons wrap up. After it's over. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's funny, when you look at baseball, and again, I know that they, they really had to climb out of a huge hole. Baseball had one guy as a as an all sec guy this year and that, that was an omaha team i mean you've got santiago coming back i mean i can't see i mean i, I could see maybe sakai but you know he's going to be coming back from a torn acl i have a hard time seeing them having more than one in, in basketball i could be wrong if just, you count all the teams ap i think it's got to be football right yeah that's what I, I would say just because of the sheer number of guys that have a chance i mean if i mean i don't i'm not i don't know i wouldn't bet on joe milton to be your first team sec quarterback but there's a chance Brew McCoy could certainly be a first-team receiver. Aaron Beasley, if he has a year like he had last year, he could be first-team 
You know, I, I just think because the numbers, I would go. I would go football. Yeah, I would go football or baseball. I just think the basketball. I mean, we don't have enough. Nobody don't you have, have like seven or eight. Seven or eight guys are on the first team. Yeah. We'll go to Coach ninety three. Do you all believe Coach Josh Heupel and staff are building a program to have sustained success, or was twenty twenty two just a one off? For instance, Arkansas and Ole Miss had success in twenty twenty one, but took a step back in 2022 um at least on that brent you know old miss to win what eight or nine games last year nine games i think losing your quarterback both coordinators thought that was a pretty a uh, decent job but is this going to be a one-off or is this going to have sustained sustained success well what are you labeling success as right i mean you're talking about nine wins you're talking about 10 wins you're talking about beating alabama uh you know on a regular basis florida on a regular basis meaning every year like everybody's judgment of level of success is different. The other thing too is, I mean, so much of that's about health. You can be a really good football team. I mean, a, a good football team, get the wrong guy injured and, and you got problems, right? I mean, sounds like, sounds like covering recruiting helps. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the, look at the 90, look at the 94 football team at the end of the year. That was a really good football team with a freshman named Peyton Manning. What would that team have been in 94 if Jerry Colquitt had stayed healthy all year long? with the weapons that they had going on there. I mean, you know, it, it, there's there's just a lot of variables out there. Do I think Josh Heupel is stable? Do I think he has the program stable? Do I think they're on an upward trajectory? Yeah, I, I do. do. Do I think so is LSU? Do I think Georgia's not going away anytime soon? Alabama, those? Sure. So my answer to this question would be yes. Now, his version of success and my version of success – you know, given the year, given what they're replacing on a, on any given year, might be different. You know, I mean, they'll have a lot of things to replace on the twenty four football team. My my, image. my version of success, I would be nine wins. Again, I took, before last year, you hadn't had more than eight since two thousand seven. So, I mean, if you can win nine this year, coming off ten last year, that's a that's a really good. You know, you know, I guess you know, kind of build upon last year. And so, um, you know, for me, uh, it's getting to nine. Yeah, anything less than that, I won't call. I won't call eight a disappointment, but I think eight would be lackluster. Anything less than that would be disastrous. All right, we got plenty more to get into here today. A lot of your questions: Tennessee football, roster management, recruiting, fall camp, scrimmage notes, all that and more. That's coming up here on the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I want to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, which gives you a sculpted look. Bird Dog Shorts, they do the exact same thing that Lululemon does, but they fit way better. They Because regular shorts, they're made of stiff, restricting cotton, but Bird Dogs has fixed that issue by inventing a cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki. But it stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, Bird Dogs versatility factor. The shorts, the slacks, uh, all different types of colors, whether you're going to a business meeting, whether you're going to church, getting dinner with the guys, you know, whatever the case is, you feel good, you look good with Bird Dogs. So I encourage you right now to go to birddogs.com slash VQ. Order that promo code VQ and for a free uh, Bird Dogs Tech hat. If you're watching on YouTube right now, this is what it looks like. You order that promo code VQ and you're going to get this hat from Bird Dogs with your order. That's birddogs.com slash VQ or promo code VQ for this nice Bird Dogs Tech hat. You're not going to want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you that. And as always, 
Couldn't do this uh, podcast without our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. Exterior Home Solutions will make one family's dream come true. Do you know a family in need of a new roof? Maybe it's leaking or needs repaired. Whatever the needs may be, Exterior Home Solutions is going to give one lucky family an Exterior Home Makeover. To nominate a family that you think is deserving, simply go to the website at exteriorhomesolutions.com makeover and you can make your nomination there. Exterior Home Solutions wants to give the gift of home to one lucky family. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we welcome you back into the Ball Quest Mailbag Podcast. As always, couldn't do this without Exterior Home Solutions. A big thank you and tip of the cap to those guys. We'll go to I Miss Denarius Moore. With the NFL's de-evaluation of the running back being a hot topic in July, do you foresee any ripple effects in recruiting that position moving forward, Austin Price? I mean, yeah, there's eventually going to be a trickle down. Don't you think, Hubber? I mean, like, there's a trickle down at the NFL level. There's going to be a trickle down at the college level. Now, maybe it's not as drastic, um, but I I think you you still see some kind of movement there. Well, I mean, I think that – I think that – the good teams are going to get the best talented running backs coming out of high school. Um, the, the trickle down is, is not that the NFL doesn't want great backs. It's just, they're not valuing the backs and they're not paying the backs and drafting them as high as they once, once did um, because they're just not paying that money for them. I, I don't know that it changes. I don't think Alabama Rob is going to take a lesser talented back because they don't feel like the need is there for a back. They're going to go recruit the best back they can get, you know, in the, in the high, in the high school ranks. Now you throw in the NIL value, maybe those guys don't command as much money, which is a possibility, but I still think the most talented guys are going to end up at the best schools. But I think I would, I could be the trickle down from another angle. I think the trickle down could come from a guy like, you know, I don't, like Arian Carter being open to move the linebacker from running back when he's a junior in high school, because, you know, he's aware of, you know, and thinks he's good enough. Now I don't, I'm, I don't really think that played into Arian's decision that much, but I, several years ago, I think that that played into Quavaris's crouch, you know, decision, you know, looking back on it, but then at the same time, you know, we've heard that narrative for years. And then there were two, two backs taken in the first 15 picks this last year, you know, Robinson from Texas and Gibbs from Alabama. So, you know, I, I do agree that that is the case. You know, they're not valued as highly, but it's still, you know, it's not like, you, you know, Bijan Robinson didn't, didn't, you know, didn't just sign a gajillion dollar contract as the, what was he, the fifth pick of the draft? Let's go now to uh, Jim Dog's Revenge. This is a really, really fun one. Um, you guys are all going to have to kind of kind of think about this one. Well, I smell percentage, AP. It's not percentage. It's not percentage, but it's kind of kind of on that line. Other than the number seven, which, of course, is Joe Milton and Aaron Carter, jersey number seven, uh, what jersey number would you choose to have the best season on both sides of the ball and the Ooh. biggest impact in 2023? So Joe Milton, Aaron Carter, number seven. Danico Slaughter, Jalen Wright, number zero. That's probably going to be the leader in the clubhouse. Not going to lie to you. Uh, Gabe Judy Lolly, Dante Thornton, number one. 
Aaron Beasley, Dylan Sampson, number six. Tyler Barron, Ramel Keaton, number nine. Elijah Simmons, Squirrel Wide, number 10. Christian Conyer, Cam Selden. That can't be right. I'm going to mark that off. No, yeah, Christian no. Conyer, Cam Selden, number 23. And Jeremiah Crawford and David Hobbs, number 53. It's either one or uh, it's either one or zero, in my opinion. I'm taking zero because I think both those guys are the starters. I, I, think, I think that Jalen Wright is the number one tailback on this team, and I think that Nico Slaughter is their best corner on this team. So give me the goose egg as the most valuable number um, on, on this football team. Yeah, I will. T- I, will I would say no, my dark horse is number six, Dylan Sampson, Aaron Beasley. I think that's a pretty good, pretty good combo. Yeah. If, if Joe's healthy, I'm going to roll with seven. You can't take seven out of the equation. Well, that's they'll hover. You're talking about a starting quarterback and, and a potential leading tackler on the defense, right? At, at number seven, there. Yeah. So, but but he said strike them out. So outside of number seven, who are you taking, AP? <sighs> Man, I feel like a game show host reiterating the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was sitting here trying to think of uh, other numbers when he apparently said that, so I didn't hear him. I apologize. Um, like nine would be good, but it's all about how many snaps does Tyler Barron play? You know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Give me that nine. I'll take nine just to be different. I mean, yeah. Tyler Barron's going to play, and uh, and we know Ramel's got a good rapport. So okay, well, I'll take the one that wasn't uh, wasn't mentioned. I'll take number one with Gabe Judy Lolly and Dante Thornton. That's a really really good question. Uh, Doolittle Vol, where would you set the betting odds if twenty twenty three Tennessee played the twenty twenty two Tennessee football team? I'd like to see this team play first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would too. I'm taking twenty. I'm taking twenty two just because I've seen twenty two play, the twenty two team play when they're one hundred percent healthy. Yeah, uh, ask us this again uh, the first of October, and uh, Kane remember to ask us about the um, all SEC team thing come next June when we can look back and decide which one was which. Okay, by, by <laughs> next June we'll have that one answered, obviously. Uh, Qualval says, who has been the steady Eddie guy on the edge so far through fall camp? Probably Roman Harrison. Yes, yeah. he's had a good fall camp. Again, just being an older guy. I mean, a lot of times you write those older guys off, but, you know, they just learn how to work, learn how to do. I mean, is he going to be Byron Young? I don't think so, but can he be a really steady performer for Tennessee? Sure. I thought he had a solid year a year ago. Great, no, but I thought he had a solid year a, a year ago for Tennessee. Now, for them to do what they want to do defensively, James Pierce can't just flash. He's got to show up sure. consistently, and so does Joshua Joseph. You know, They've got to have help there to get where they want to with a front four pass rush. But in terms of the most consistent guy right now, it's Roman Harrison, just because he's the most experienced guy and understands what it takes week in and week out right now. Another one of those scenario questions, Rob, we'll go to you for this one. Z-Vols wants to know, and I think it's kind of easy, though, more seven-plus TFL guys on Tennessee's roster or opposing quarterbacks to throw for 300-plus yards against Tennessee. Well, I'll go TFLs. think so. So you think there's going to be more seven? guys with seven-plus? I mean, that's pretty pr- pretty big number. Seven-plus TFLs than teams who are going to be playing from behind you would think throwing I mean, the football to try to come back look I mean, at Jaden daniels last year tennessee you know wiped the floor with lsu he threw for over 300 yards against tennessee because they were in get, a hole. bryce young who got him last year bryce young anthony richardson three for jane daniels 
Jaden Daniels. I don't. Maybe that Mr. was too much. <laughs> right? Yeah, Riley. Did uh, Brady Cook get three hundred? Because they scored twenty eight points or whatever. No, he points. he he ran. He ran for. He, he had a, he had a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, you think that the secondary is going to be improved. Oh, but... I just. I mean, I've just punched it up right here. So let's see. Last year they had one, two, three. I don't know. Maybe they they had three guys with with. Seven seven TFLs, another with five and a half. So, I don't know. You're talking maybe you know five or six guys at, at most. That, that that's probably pretty even when you think about it. Push. It's not allowed. That, that'll be a good one to look back at. A lot of these would be good to to look back on. Neil Midway. Well, you're the, the host. Season. Make sure you make sure you look back on them. Make a note. Make a note. All right. Vol for life. Uh, Vol for life says, "How do we feel about Ross with a commitment date soon?" Is Wingo a Missouri lock? I know you kind of mentioned uh, these guys earlier a little bit, but kind of reiterate that. Uh, I, I don't would not call Missouri uh, a lot or a Wingo a lock for Missouri. Um, I do think that that NIL law definitely plays big into that. Um, you know, is, is catching his attention like it did Winery's attention. But he's a mid year guy, right? He is. Um, but I mean, if you can make, you know, uh, let's say you can make uh, again, these are hypothetical numbers. If you can make. Three hundred thousand dollars between now and January at one school, and not at the others. And the the school that can get you three hundred grand also is going to pay you the same amount as the other schools. What are you doing if you're a, if you're a, if you're a family or a kid that needs the money? I mean, you know, again, those are hypothetical numbers. I'm just saying, you know, if if you know, just going off of that, what are you doing? It's easy to sit here. It's easy as a 40-year-old man for me to sit here and go, if I'm Ron Wingo, I'm going to go catch balls from Nico Ialmaleava or Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning before I go catch them from Missouri and Sam Horn and their offense with Eli Drinkwitz. But kids don't think that way. Kids don't think like you and I or a fan thinks. Um, as for Jordan Ross, if, if you're just basing it off of those four teams, Tennessee makes the most sense out of any of the four. I just wonder if there's somebody laying in the weeds here. And just this one just feels different. Just feels different. Let's go to Rocky Top T. Um, you talk all the time about uh, Cooper Mays being put in bubble wrap and, you know, that situation. If you had to choose another one, but for defense, also, real quick, another guy that you can tell they're kind of putting in bubble wrap a little bit is Jake Jacob Warren, Warren on offense. But uh, for defense, if you had to, you know, phrase that for defense, who would it be? Beasley, Big O, Danico Slaughter. Who would your defensive bubble wrap guy be? Mine right now is Big O because I don't know, I don't know where you are with your depth uh, completely on the inside guys right now. I mean, Elijah Simmons is he fifty one or is he ten? Right? I mean, if he's fifty one, <laughs> how many snaps are you going to get out of him? I, I mean, seriously, right? I mean, I think I think you love where Hobbs is going to be, but is he there now? So where is your veteran depth, um, you know, at, at the defensive interior? So I, I don't think I don't think I want Amari Thomas hurt if I'm Tennessee between now and the start of the regular season. So that's probably that's probably the guy I'm leaning towards right now. Now I think Aaron Beasley is really really important, but I do think you've got some talent. There would be a step back for sure, but you have some talent. I don't know that your sheer volume of numbers at a position where it takes some development like defensive tackle is where you want it right now. So I'm, I'm going to Mari Thomas personally. Sparta Vol, best in-game hit by a UT player you guys have ever seen. 
I mean, Eric Berry on uh, – who's the running back? From, no from Sean Marino. No Sean to play for the Broncos was a big one. And then uh, Hubbard, uh, an AP, you were there. The the champion SEC championship game against LSU. I mean, Barry and, and Gerard Mayo. Mayo I, I can still remember like three or four hits in that game where I was just like, wow. I would have been in high school, but Hubs, does, does yours not have to be Eric Westmoreland against Vanderbilt in 98? I mean, like that. I'm not sure that guy is not part of the turf down there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was a hit where the guy never saw Westmoreland coming, which is why you get those, kind of get those guys. I tell you, one where both guys knew it was going to be a absolute crush was Eric Berry versus Tim Tebow. Both yeah. of them knew what was coming, and both of them were like trying to run each other through the ground. That was a strap it up tight it's coming because i'm not blindsiding blindsiding anybody with that deal um i mean dale carter laid a couple of people out during during his career across the middle um you know i'm sure you'd go back and and find some plays like that back when they let them just tattoo guys across the middle and lead with your head and all the things that you can't do in football now um but it's in terms of witnessing i mean that LSU game, Rob, you mentioned was totally, I mean, crazy physical for sure. Well, which, uh, which game did Jansen Jackson just lay the wood on? UNC, that? bowl game. Yeah, you got penalized for that one. Yeah. I'll, tell you another, I'll tell you another good hit is um, when um, when the tight end from Cal got knocked out on the kickoff to open the 06 season. You're talking about a tone setter there, um, Tennessee. I mean, Greg Johnson hit a UCLA return guy and fractured his eye orbit. Uh, on a hit on a kickoff, which is – I mean, that's a pretty lethal hit there. I mean, he absolutely – I mean, I don't think it was fundamentally textbook the way you want to do it, but, I mean, it was an absolute jackhammer play um, there. So, I don't know. There's a few off the top of my head. Any any of the kind of reverse that Tennessee players get knocked out, any of those come to mind? Um, I mean, I mean, a guy like Craig Faulkner got hit a gazillion times across the middle and kept getting back up, it felt like. Um, if you want to see one of those, you just go down to Athens every two years when they let, when they show the Herschel run over Bill Bates. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. End of story. Robo22, got a couple more. We'll get through these, and then we'll call it quits. Robo22 wants to know, during fall camp of the JG years, we would hear the same questions about him that we're hearing about Milton. Uh, why do you believe this will be different? Offense is different. And, and, Joe, and Joe Milton's got three years learning it, Rob. I was gonna say, and, and the body of work. I mean, JG's body of work of him not getting it was pretty immense. And, you know, we, we've just not seen Joe struggle like that that consistently. Ball, ball, ball fans won't understand this when I say this. I still would love to see JG run Heupel's offense mm-hmm. and, and let him develop in this offense. Guarantee you, I would, I would bet a fairly large sum of money that Tennessee fans would not feel the same way about JG had he played for Heupel. That's just again. I think that that guy was four OCs in four years, and or four OCs in five years. He was and, broken. Yeah, he was broken. Yeah, yeah. He got the absolute crap beat out of him early in his career too, which did not didn't help him in any way, shape, or form. So I, I'm with us. I mean, I, I would love to see much the same way people would have loved to have seen Jonathan Crompton with Lane Kiffin for four years. What does mm-hmm. that look like, right? Uh, I mean, that that's such a part of it. I, I mean. Look at Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was broken when he came to Knoxville, right? Nobody, nobody at Virginia Tech, when he went in the portal, went, oh, no, Hendon Hooker's leaving. They went, sweet, scholarship spot for us. Who do we go get in his place? 
Now, a year later, they're all like, wait a minute, what happened? It's all about fit, and it's all about new start in some cases or, or fresh start and, and all that type of stuff. Is there any truth to the rumor that when Hooker left Virginia Tech that the Virginia Tech people were out, bring Paul home? Bring, bring Paul Fortenberry back. Um, what about what about we're talking about big hits? Let's continue this. Did you bring up Crompton? Crompton laid the wood on that LSU guy in that run back in 06. And the game he started for Ainge, who was out. Oh yeah, yeah. In the rain. That was a yep. that was a rain game, right? Yeah. Early the miss the mischief Marcus Russell fumble. Yes. The the botched the botched fumble on that one that cost Tennessee that that win in, in that game there. But that's Watson when ran around without his helmet. Does that count? <laughs> all right two more let's go to product recall 14 awesome this is for you can you discuss generally 2025 quarterback recruiting situation piece together a few things on the board from different threads assumption is gmac is a priority do you know where tennessee stands with gmac and deuce i like tennessee's still in a good spot with georgia mcintyre um you know again for my money georgia mcintyre would be the guy um i think deuce is a great player um you know, uh, he's definitely right up there with George. Um, you know, uh, but Tennessee's recruiting both really hard. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's in play with both. Um, Deuce, you've seen some, you know, Tennessee was there. Notre Dame's felt confident. Now Auburn's feeling good. Um, with George, you know, it's been Tennessee. Alabama feels like they're in a good spot. But, you know, you don't see a lot of chatter elsewhere out there. There's LSU's in play. Clemson was in play. But, Really, it's kind of been Tennessee and then Alabama and Tennessee uh, for George. And, again, I just think long-term, I think Tennessee makes the most sense for George McIntyre. I think Austin and I both uh, were asked this question at SEC Media Day, so I really want to hear Rob and, and Brent's answer to this. Henderson Vol 15, wants to know, what upset is more likely to happen, George at home, Bama on the road? Um, I'm going to take – I don't think Tennessee's going to win either game, but I'm going to take Bama on the road. You can, I, I, I mean, that's just where I'm at. I'm going to but take, you didn't have to do that, Hubbard. You, you didn't have to do it that way. You could have just picked which one you thought was most likely. It's about to be late for a shift at the, at the home, <laughs> the funeral home. Can, can, we, can we get an edit in that then so that I'm a little more positive? I'm going to take Alabama on the road because Alabama is – unproven more unproven at quarterback and so and, and i'm not sure where alabama is in figuring out the, the defense of the josh heupel system because remember this when hendon hooker went down there hurt two years ago and tennessee was one you know one-sided because they were hurt at tackle they still moved the football they were in that foot now it got away from them but they were in that football game in the second half late got away the from them quarter. late in the fourth quarter yeah, yeah. i mean late in the, late in the third quarter and in the fourth i mean they get off the field on a third down that i mean you know crazy things happen they gave up a 60 yard pass completion on third and 15 or whatever but they effectively have moved the ball two years well against Nick Saban's defense so that's why i would say even though it's on the road I think that's why I would take Alabama um, as as the better possibility for me, Rob Lewis. Yeah, I don't really disagree with that, and for me, it would be because of the quarterback situation at Bama. But I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go with Georgia, even though I, I think it's unlikely. Unlikely, but from this standpoint, if Tennessee, you know, say Tennessee does lose at Alabama, but if Tennessee's a one loss team right there, Georgia comes in undefeated. You know, that's going to be for the, for the. It, 
huge, you know, huge postseason implications. Needless thing of the absolutely bonkers and berserko. And I don't know how good Georgia's going to be at quarterback. I mean, they, they seem more settled than, than Alabama, but, you know, you still got to go out there and, and prove it. So, and just because it, it's at home, because I think it could be absolute, you know, orange insanity that day, I'll, I'll say Georgia more likely. But, you know, I, I totally get what Hubbard's saying about the Alabama quarterback. Yeah, and for I'm, the record, I said uh, I said Alabama on the road. And, Austin, you said that as well, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. I just think that Georgia's at a different level. And, and Hubs rings up the best point. What's Alabama look like a quarterback? Yeah. You know, are they set? I mean, I'm sure they'll be settled in some form or fashion um, by the time Tennessee rolls to Tuscaloosa. But, uh, you know, I think that that's a big question mark. And they're banking on a lot of those freshmen playing, you know. And that's – I think anytime you do that, that's – you know, it's going to be scary. Uh, and here now here's the fascinating part about the Georgia matchup for me is what is Josh Heupel and the offense's counter to Georgia's kind of physicality last year on the, on the perimeter against the receivers, the grabbing, the holding, the tugging, you know, obviously you can go to the officials early in the game and say, Hey, they're going to do this, but the officials aren't going to call it every snap. What's Tennessee's counter to that to get a guy a freer release or to get them instead of just saying, Hey, be more physical. What's Tennessee's schematic counter to what Georgia did to them last year? We all talk about how somebody's going to figure out a way to stop Tennessee's offense. What's Tennessee's counter to the Georgia grab-pull game that they played last year against Tennessee in Athens, Georgia? I think that's going to be an interesting storyline. I really think – I mean, like, I don't think I'm breaking any news here. I think the counter is just having a, a nose that can, that can push the center back. Because, I mean, Tennessee doesn't – quarterback takes a snap and everything kind of engulfs the quarterback. The quarterback doesn't really drop back. So, like, if you have a, a defensive tackle that can just shove the center or the guards right into, uh, you know, into the quarterback's lap, which is what Jalen Carter did a year ago, you know, and I just think that that makes things really hard. Motion stacks. I mean, that's what Tennessee does already in its offense, but maybe that is a counter. Just stack those outside receivers a lot so you can get a rub, set some picks, motion a lot. I don't know. You know, we'll see. A lot of good questions today on the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Appreciate you guys for sending those in every single week, every Thursday right here on the show. Appreciate you guys watching us on the VolQuest YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please subscribe to VolQuest on YouTube. But more importantly, catch everything we're doing right now on the Journal's Quarters over at VolQuest.com. Fall camp, you know, week three, scrimmage two is already in the books. Uh, getting closer and closer to kickoff. So the best coverage, uh, the standard for Tennessee football coverage and anything else Tennessee-related, recruiting, basketball, baseball, and more, that is VolQuest.com. And couldn't do it without our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. If you need a free estimate, if you need some questions, whatever the case may be, give them a call today at 865-524-5888. And you can always visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. For Rob Lewis, Austin Price, Brent Hubs, I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being here. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.